Eccomi, you're with David Farini, your Lega host. It's time for a dose of Italian football. Today, we're going to focus on the lead up to the season, which is only a few days away. It begins this weekend. And apart from pre-season friendlies, transfers, we're going to take a look at Roberto Mancini's resignation as boss of the Italian national team. I'm joined today by Jura, who is a Serie A enthusiast. He's a freelancer. He writes on uh, Get Italian Football and Forza Napoli Press as well with Joe Fischetti. He's as Dutch as Marco van Basten and Tane Koopminers, but also has resided for some time in North Italy. He's now based back in the Netherlands. Freelance writer, Jura, thanks for joining. Hi, David. Pleasure's all mine, of course. And of course, I was going to try and say your surname. I might let that build up towards the end, but let's get into the transfers. <laughs> um, uh, look, we're a few days away and it's starting to heat up a little bit. There's rumors flowing left, right and center. One that I know that you're watching very closely. Tell me how Jody Schouten from Bologna is panning out. Yeah, well, you already told the people I'm from the Netherlands and specifically from near Eindhoven where PSV is based. And PSV, of course, is the club that's interested in uh, in Schouten. Um, they want to take him on a permanent deal around 12 million. Um, but the interesting thing is from PSV sites, all the documents have been signed and the medical has been done. But still, no deal has been announced. And the funny thing actually is that they already... Um, not on purpose, but by mistake, they released a video of Schouten's first interview uh, in the club colors. But he's yet to be officially announced because Bologna are yet to sign some documents. So on PSV's side, there's a little bit of like, hmm, what's going on here? Because um, Milan wanted to uh, wanted to give more money to Bologna, but Schouten has set his mind uh, on a transfer to uh, the Netherlands. Probably also because the Euros are not very far away and at PSV will be guaranteed a starting spot. Um, but yeah, like I said, the, the deal's not uh, still not done yet. While uh, while everything has been done from the from the Dutch team side, and uh, yeah, it seems like Bologna's uh, midfielder is departing. He's been very good for the past few years. I think he's been a little bit less. Uh, last year compared to the years before, but still a very solid midfielder and it will definitely hurt Thiago Motta's side if, if he leaves, I think. Oh, massively, massively. I mean, he was exceptional in the midfield with Svanberg and also with uh, you know, the likes of the Bulldog, Medel, who was behind, next to him and Dominguez. So he's definitely one of Bologna's better performers. Last season, he did diminish somewhat, not too much, but Bologna actually had a better season. So I guess it was a case of Thiago Motta trying out newer players or players in different positions. He's allowing, uh, I don't know how you pronounced Jody Schouten's surname before, was it Schouten? Uh, Schouten, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, um, and so, look, Milan actually going after him, but I'm, certainly he's going to be a squad player there. Whereas at PSV, like you said, he will be a protagonist. For, he will start every match. I'm not sure if he's played for Holland before, but uh, I know that he's been on the fringes of team selection. He, he was always, he never played for them before coming to Serie A. So he's made his name in Serie A. He can now go back to his homeland and, and be a big player, especially PSV looking to also win the Eredivisie. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's huge. Uh, Milan, I, I don't think Pioli would use him as a starter, but you just never know with injuries and Champions League and that, but did they deep fake his social media uh, publicist footage at PSV? Is that what they've done, or did he actually go there? He's done all the social media, but it's not happening. Yeah, yeah, they they like by mistake they they put the link somewhere of his like the first interview in in our colors, you know, like uh, the, to let the people 
get to know him because in the Netherlands he only played for uh, Excelsior, which is a bottom bottom of the league team. Uh, so yeah, basically they've they've done everything, and and like you said. I wouldn't. I, I can't see him in a starting eleven at Milan. But on the other hand, Milan were actually prepared to pay twenty million if we, if we can believe Dutch press. So that's certainly interesting with all the midfielders Milan have already acquired. Uh, maybe something to do with Kroonis potentially departing the team. I'm not sure, but uh, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, true, true. That's a good point. Great point there. So, but Kroonis, you know, he's been rumored to be leaving, but. A lot of Milan fans that I know, they're not fond of Krunic unless he scores a free kick on the odd occasion or whatever. But still, to me, he's an asset to the, to the squad, whether he's going to stay. I mean, maybe he thinks he could uh, become a, a regular starting player at another club, a big enough club, maybe in, in another league to play Champions League and start. And in that case, if uh, Sculptor went to uh, Milan, it would be interesting. I don't know if uh, if he's going to start, though. So, look, we'll move along. Um, let's go to, before we go to Milan's preseason, they've had a massive one. They've spent the most money by far. But uh, we'll go to some of the movements around this week in particular. Now, I know that mm-hmm. you're fond of Juventus. Uh, no one judge <laughs> you for that. But Zakaria, however you want to pronounce him, he's off. He's yeah. gone to the French League. And Frosinone have acquired one of the young midfielders that made a name for himself last season. Under yeah, uh, Baranagea is moving to, to Frosinone on loan, uh, I think it is. And it's certainly very interesting because um, he's not he's not Miretti level potential wise or Fagioli level potential wise but he, when he has come in for Juventus he has certainly done a, done a good job the young Argentinian and he certainly impressed me because he showed quite a lot of maturity in the team as well like uh, essentially he he just put himself ahead of Paredes in the in the picking order which is which is quite impressive like Paredes did not do very well but still at a young age coming from uh, next gen in in Serie C it's still very impressing that he just overtook uh, that he overtook Paredes that easily and he showed like I said he showed a lot of maturity whenever uh, Juventus needed him and I think he could definitely help Frosinone in the battle against relegation which I think they will have to fight this season for sure so I think uh, he Maybe he could even become a, become a good starter for them, and then uh, let's. I don't know where 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 he could go from there, to be honest. But I think he definitely has like mid-table Serie A potential, if you ask me. Oh, absolutely! I think he's a quality midfielder. He only had three opportunities last season, but like you said, he came through the Juve under nineteen next gen setup, and he's displaced Paredes, another Argentinian. He was in the World Cup squad uh, with Lionel Messi and the rest of them. So. He must have certain qualities mm-hmm. that at least Allegri identified those, or Montero from the Alan Montero, the coach of the under 19s, or someone did. They pushed him in, they gave him a run. Maybe it was because Allegri knew that last season was a dead rubber in, in terms of you know the the, the dealings, uh, you know, behind the curtains of whether they're going to push for mm-hmm. Champions League or Conference League or Europa League uh, involvement this season. I think once Juventus knew that, maybe it was Allegri's decision to then start playing some of the younger players. We saw a few others come through, uh, but Badanechea was was great when he got his chance. He's 22, and Frosinone can definitely use someone like him that's enthusiastic. He's a hard-hitting midfielder as well. He's got the skills all around. And uh, I think with that signing, I think Frosinone might lay off Gaetano from Napoli now because mm-hmm. uh, they play in that similar position in the middle of the park. Well, money-wise for Juventus, it's it's an amazing deal because they're getting 20 million for a, for a midfielder that was on a dead end at Juventus. 
Um, and it started out so so beautiful his, his story at Juventus because um, of course he only had like a couple months left on his on his München Gladbach contract and Juve were able to pick him up for uh, for ten million. Um, and then he started against uh, Hellas Verona um, together with Vlaovic as well, who had his first start against uh, against uh, Hellas as well, and and they both scored on their on their debuts. Um, so essentially, they helped to win Juventus win their match in the, in their first game in in the shirt. But quite quickly after that, he he was he had to play second fiddle to some other guys in midfield, which is not really surprising, of course, because we we know that. Allegri really, really loves Rabiot, and essentially that's kind of where where Zakaria was was going to play if if he was going to play because Locatelli was was put further back as a regista where Rabiot was going to do the running work, especially things where Zakaria was was good in, and then they managed to uh, to ship him to Chelsea for uh, for the last season. Um, where he also couldn't really get into the into the squad, he some he showed some promising signs, but he couldn't really just like at Juve, he couldn't really break into the squad. So Juventus were not really sure. Yeah, they he he had no future at Juventus basically. So um, it's it's really nice that that Monaco came and 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 took him off Juventus's hands because Juventus, of course, they had to raise they had to raise the cash this summer because only only one signing and. You know, um, still plenty of work to do in that squad, and uh, Monaco essentially helped Juventus out with this one because they Juventus paid ten million and they sell him for for twenty, so that's not a bad deal at all. I guess it's a platform for Zakaria to get restarted. I think he's nearly played fifty matches for the Swiss national team. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes there. But some of the other players with Juventus coming in and out, uh, they've officially acquired Milik in the off season. Uh, they've also taken on Timothy Weah. Moise Keane has made it a permanent move. They've had to pay 60 million euros in money just to secure Locatelli and Keane. And also, and I've written about for Condor Gonzalez, he's a, a defender that played in the FIFA Under-20 uh, final for Uruguay. He looks like he's going to be great. Whether he stays yeah. with them or not is going to be the yeah. question. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Salernitana are, are really interested in, in both Matias Sule and, and, uh, and Gonzalez, like you said. Um, it's difficult for me though because uh, Juventus only have a few weeks to judge uh, the Valencia defender which just came in and they have to judge, judge whether he's good enough to uh, to go to Salernitana and, and gain something from that as well you know get into that starting 11 and actually learn something from a loan spell there uh, or if they're going to put him in next gen and, and maybe like let him bounce between the, the, the first team squad and, and next gen Um for Matias Sule, who was also seemingly very close to join Salernitana, I think he's a really talented midfielder with a lot of technical abilities. But it's going to be quite difficult for him to to break into that squad, I think, in, in, in Salerno because, you know, they play a particular kind of football and I'm just not sure if, if there's there's space for a player like Sule in that, in that squad. But it's certain that, that Sule could at least strengthen the Serie A side. I think... He has proven that that he could do that, and um, yeah, I just I just hope that that he can get solid minutes somewhere. Yeah, Salernitana is midfield dominant, so they play that three-five-two, and they've got Kandreva on one side and Matsoki on the other. So there's not going to be much of an opportunity if if Palos would want to play him on the flanks. He could obviously play a role 
it, we've seen him do that under Allegri as uh, one of those players that yeah. plays off the center, uh, central striker. But it depends on what Palo Sousa wants to do, if Dia stays there as well, or what they do. Uh, but uh, Kulusevski now made the, the permanent transfer to Tottenham. Uh, Dragosin is off to Genoa on a permanent deal as well. We've seen Gipardo leave for Cagliari in, uh, well, they're in Serie A now as well. So what's your take? I guess Quadrado's off. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? And uh, then we'll get to Lukaku. Well, I think it's, uh, it's, it's for me, it was a surprise that, that Inter were willing to take him because last season, the Quadrado we saw was, it, 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 it hurt my eyes sometimes to watch Quadrado. So it, it mostly surprised me that, that Inter were willing, willing to take him. And um, I, I think I put on Twitter when I was a bit emotional as well about the deal that he wore number seven, he wore number 11, he kept in the side sometimes. I think I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't go to uh, to Inter. But at the end of the day, he's a player. He he got the he got the contract. I mean, you you can't blame him. You know, if he wants to stay in Europe and Inter was his best option, then then sure. But um, I don't know why Inter would would take him to be honest, because I've, I've, he's been on the decline for a few years now, and I'm I'm just not sure he's he will be able to give Inter. Um, whatever they hope he's gonna give them, because I haven't seen it at Juventus for in the in the last year at least. Uh, he has declined. He has I lost a yard of pace, and it'll be interesting to see how someone like Simone Inzaghi wants to deploy him because they were set. They also uh, let go of Raúl Villanueva. Yeah. They didn't want to keep him, and they brought in someone that's nearly double his age. So. Uh, it's, it must be about experience. They must think that they've got a shot at yeah. the Champions League to build on making the final. They were unlucky to lose that final, to be honest. Lukaku and Vlaovic, what's the situation? Well, at the moment, the, the deal is definitely off because uh, Vlaovic, he's he's just not very certain about about joining uh, about joining Chelsea in the first place because he won. If he would make a transfer, he probably now. Well, it's kind of certain that he would like to play Champions League then if he makes a transfer. And of course, Chelsea did not finish in a Champions League spot. They were far off it actually. Um, so I feel like both sides in in this deal are not sure. I think Chelsea's not sure about Vlaovic also because of his, his medical history. While Vlaovic is is not sure about the choice of team, and we all know that Chelsea has also been a, a, a graveyard for strikers. And um, at this point in his career, I think Vlaovic needs a place where he can get a lot of confidence and where he he can get time to to build because. I think he has potential to be a, an amazing striker. But well, we saw what he did at Fiorentina. And Fiorentina, he didn't have that much pressure on him. He came in as a very young player. He came in and made his name when Chiesa left to go to Juventus. So I guess he was following those footsteps. But at Fiorentina, that platform that they had at the time where they were going through a couple of different coaches, uh, they really didn't have much continuity except for they had him up forward and he was putting away 25 goals in the season. And then they got rid of him halfway through a particular season where he was on 17 at the midway point for Fiorentina. Then he leaves, makes the big start with uh, Juventus against Verona. And ever since then, this Allegri ball situation has really taken the shine off what his potential is. And I, I don't know, with Juventus going back to not playing European football, not many people favouring them to win anything. I, I, at best, I guess they would have a chance at the Coppa Italia with a good run. They do have a, a star-studded squad, undoubtedly, with some very big names there. But 
does the fact that they're not playing in Europe and they're not a favourite for the Scudetto, not a, not an outright favourite. Of course, they're in the top four or five favourites to win it as usual. But the fact that they're not the biggest, uh, you know, there's no weight of expectation on them anymore. You know, I feel like it is a better platform for him at Juventus at this point where they don't have that expectation. I'm not sure. What are your thoughts? No, I I agree. There are like definitely like less cameras on on Juventus now. Like, what's the last time Juventus didn't play European football for for a whole season? You know, and um, of course, I think now Allegri he, he he can focus only on the league. That's that's that should be an advantage. You know, he doesn't have to switch the squad around a lot of times. Um, but the question also remains: Who does he see as his main striker? Because, like you said, Moiskin and uh, and Arek Milik has all, have also been made permanent their 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 loan moves, and we know that Allegri also likes Milik quite a lot. So um, I think if Allegri gives Flaovic the confidence, he could have a, a Fiorentina season, and he, he can gain back all the all all the track he has lost basically. Um, but I think it's so crucial that. Allegri also puts a squad around Vlaovic that will enable him to score because like we we saw last season that they they just don't involve him in the play at all and then it's very easy to say ah you see Vlaovic again he didn't score but if if Vlaovic has like five or six touches per game then I I can get why he's frustrated and he just wants to be involved. I think he could have good hold-up play, and with his friend Federico Chiesa close, I, th- I think there could be a very good duo there. But it's all about if Chiesa can stay fit as well. But Vlaovic at uh, at Fiorentina had that creative license, where by far he was the best striker in the squad. I guess with Milik and Keane there, there might be a little clash of egos. I'm not sure in the dressing room. But we'll see how that pans out. We'll see if Milik stays because apparently there was a rumour he might move on. But Timothy Weyer obviously is replacing uh, Quadrado on that right side. Uh, what do you what do you make? Uh, initially, he was an attacker that was supposed to be scoring goals like Papa, but now he's playing on the, as a right wing back. Yeah, yeah, and he he's done exceptionally well in in preseason as well. He has he has surprised a lot of uh, a lot of Juventus supporters with his, with his positive performances. Uh, which is exactly what Juventus needed because those wings they needed refreshment, especially on the right with uh, with Quadrado, and um, and he he's been doing very well. He's he's he seems to be he seems to have uh, have found his home at Juventus, and and he's made a lot of positive comments on social media as well, and he really seems to use his pace as an advantage on that right side as well. Some of the pace that Cuadrado lost, Juventus have now gained back with Timothy Weah, essentially, and um, like you said, it's very interesting because he used to be a striker. I think he, he played as a striker at the World Cup as well for, uh, for Team USA, um, but that, he will probably occupy that right side at Juventus, uh, while on the left, um, probably Andrea Cambiaso, who, who came back from from loan on Bologna at Bologna, he will probably go on the left side. So the wings at Juventus will be will be all new and renovated at, with some players that are ready to go, young players, quick players, and creative players as well, which uh, which sounds great for Juventus fans, obviously. Well, it sounds like the rebuild is on there. Uh, Leonardo Bonucci, Il Capitano, a couple of seasons ago. Italy fans were loving him. Juventus fans were loving him. King Giorgio as well. The pair, they were unbeatable, unshakable. Now, there's an acrimonious departure for Leonardo Bonucci. Frozen out of the squad. Didn't go to the US for the preseason tour. Not really speaking to Allegri. So, 
with his demise, I guess he, he still hasn't found a new home. He was linked with Ajax, another Dutch team. Facundo Gonzalez does have a fabulous left foot and does play in the same style as Bonucci. Is he the prodigy that might develop into another Bonucci? He's about the same height as well, 195-ish. He, he definitely could be. And, um, of course, he also won the under-20s World Cup. So he it's not like he, he has a bad track record or anything. He's definitely a guy I would... I would take a risk with but of course Juventus have another young centre-back as well in their ranks who has been impressing a lot on pre-season which is uh, Dean Huizen another Dutch another Dutch player um, and he's been uh, I think last season he played like half the matches for uh, for the next gen in uh, Serici while being only 18-19 years of age which is of course very very impressive um, so I think I really think either one of those uh, is going to make a lot of appearances for Juventus. Either Huizen or, or Gonzalez. I'm I'm not sure uh, which of the two, but certainly that's something that Allegri will have to decide in the, in the upcoming in the upcoming weeks. Since Juventus are also not really linked with any other centre back, so I I think you're on the right track. I think one of those young guys will probably play an important role for the club and more important that, than they might have thought a few weeks ago. Yeah, might even be a tandem uh, duo where one of them gets an opportunity for a couple of months then sent back to next gen and the other one might, depending yeah. on the progress of Gonzalez, because Gonzalez has never played a professional team, uh, well, not in the Valencia A team. He's only ever played yeah. in Valencia B. You know, he was only 350 thousand euros for Gonzalez so it's one of those cheap and uh, I think it's going to be a good signing overall whether he ever plays for Juventus or not he's definitely got the quality he was selected by Bielsa for the Uruguay senior team on the back of his FIFA under 20 performances along with uh, five or six other young Uruguayans that beat Italy in that final and big raps on him We'll see how he goes. I think with bonuses and everything else, he might cost a couple of million euros if he actually plays with Juventus uh, to Valencia. He only had a year left on his contract. Timothy Weyer, by far the, the most expensive signing of Juventus this summer in terms of new players. Obviously, they're paying out 60 million with Locatelli and King and another six or seven for Milik. Uh, let's move on to another club. Uh, otherwise, we could talk Juventus all day, I'm sure. You know, But uh, we'll, we'll go down the bottom. Uh, we'll go from the former greats that won nine in a row to Frosinone that's never won a thing. So, uh, besides Serie B, of course, under Fabio Grosso last season, uh, the second division's best side, Genoa came second. Frosinone have uh, made a couple of signings. One is uh, Michele Cerofolini. He comes from Fiorentina, young defender. Another Brazilian defender signed for them today, Luzuardi. Don't know much about these two. I'm sure they're going to get minutes with Frosinone as they recycle from one player to the next it's going to be tough for them yeah I agree and uh, especially since they also lost uh, Samuele Mulacieri up top um, I still remember him He's from Sassuolo uh, yeah I still remember him from, from the days at uh, Volendam uh, in the Netherlands where, where he set uh, the second uh, division on fire basically um, but I think for me their, their biggest the biggest thing is why I would put them in danger is, is the managerial change as well because I think Serbio Di Francesco has in the last couple of years oh, he hasn't really done well has he and I think yeah well he went into Verona and was dismissed after three games a couple of seasons ago yeah, yeah. and then we saw Tudor come in and, and, and set the world alight yeah. so 
we'll see how he goes with Frosinone. They've, they've lost Molatieri, as you said. Uh, I guess he was owned by Inter anyway. He was on loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've also, Insigne's younger brother, uh, Roberto, was there. He's moved on. I think he's at Palermo now. They have brought in Marquizza at left back. They've got Bidawi from Ascoli and Harui from Sassuolo. Ramonioli came over from Lecce, but it's those are not the names that you're looking for. No, 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 no. Harui, he, he, he was uh, very good in the Netherlands. I, I was actually excited about his move to Sassuolo. I think it's two seasons ago now, but he, he hasn't really done anything. So th- these are not the names you're going to win the war with, basically. But they have nice kids. That must be... I must say that the, the kids look good. So at least that that's something. It's it's not Cremonese where, where like everything is on the, on, on the low, you know? Like the kids are also like, hmm. But I think it will be very tough for them. And I think most people are going to put them down as, as somewhere at the bottom three, basically. Yeah, there's some very good-looking kids in Serie A this season. Even the champions have changed theirs. But another player that uh, Frosinone will be missing out on is uh, Daniel Bolocca, who's moved on for 10 million euros to Sassuolo. He's joining Mulatieri there in Emilia-Romagna. And uh, look, we're going to see how they go in the first couple of weeks. They're taking on the champions, Napoli, in the very first week. That's this weekend. Um I don't know. I, I guess most people will have them in the bottom three at the very least. We'll see how they start the season and if they need reinforcements in January. We're expecting that they will and probably a new coach by, you know, I would say November. But it's the Panettone Award once, once again. So uh, let's go to another team that just survived last season, Verona. They've, they've just lost Kevin Lasagna today and Federico Ceccherini. They're off to Andrea Pidlo's old side. And I don't know how to pronounce this one, but I'm going to try. Fatih Karagumruk of, uh, yeah. of, of the Turkish mm-hmm. Super League. Uh, they're off. And I'm not sure where that leaves them in terms of attacking depth and uh, defensive depth. Because yeah. Ceccherini played, played a lot of games last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and l- like you said, they just survived last year. And... and- to be fair, it was mostly down to that that playoff, that newly introduced playoff final. Um, I, I like Saponara. I think he's a, he's quite a good player, but I, I'm not. I'm just not sure if he could do it a whole season. I always thought he was better at Fiorentina when he came on, you know, as a, as like a super sub kind of kind of player. Um, Same at Spezia as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And look, they they brought in. They've got Yaya Kalon. On a, on a permanent basis. They've brought in Andre Duda as well uh, permanently. Besides that, Jaden Braff, who had big raps in him, another, another Dutch kid that's mm-hmm. coming from Dortmund for, for a million euros. Now, quite good. I saw him at Udinese making his debut in Serie A and he scored. He ended up scoring for them in the first couple of games. Uh, but they've lost a whole stack of players, as usual, uh, halfway yeah. through. La- last season, well, they lost Simeone at the start of the season. They lost Illich to Torino. Barak went to Fiorentina, Cancelli- everyone jumped shit. Caprari to Monta, yeah. Cancellieri to Lazio. We saw them at the bottom of the table for so long. I think Tamese departing will hurt them a lot as well, I think. He's, he's, he's been very good the last couple of years for them. Like He never gave up. Oh, he always fought a lot on the midfield. He always he was always there for them. And he's off to, to Torino now as well. So Yeah, it just feels like they're, they're reinforcing all the other squads, They're kind mm. of like a feeder club. It seems like they've been relegated. Yeah, it does. It feels like they're not even contesting Serie A this season. Uh, I don't know if this, they're, they're the signings they've made are going to, going to do it. Saponara is probably the most experienced attacker that they've brought in. They've brought in another player called yeah. uh, Jordi Umbula from Mallorca. 
He's another attacking midfielder. I think Federico Bonazzoli is back there as well, which he did well at Salernitana. Yeah. So they've lost Lasagna, who at least is not a prolific goal scorer anymore, but he does have a good running game, third man runs. He's able to, to help create goals. Well, their formazione we'll have a look at. I guess they've still got uh, Hongla in the midfield with Duda. Uh, Ngonj is still there. Yeah. Lazovic is, is one of the veterans. Fadeone was linked with Napoli. He's there. And uh, they've got Magnani Davidovic, which is a very tall center uh, pairing at the back. And they have been linked to a couple of other players to get uh, Illich from uh, Bacca Topola, which I covered one of their games preseason in a friendly against Sturm Graz. Illich is, uh, is a goalkeeper. Zanoli from Napoli has been linked. And I think a young player from Barcelona as well, Alarcon. So I don't think those are the names that are going to do it. We saw Zanoli go to Sampdoria last season and uh, look, he had a fabulous time uh, in Genoa with Sam. But I don't know. I, I, he, I, I can't see Napoli sending him away that, that until they actually get someone on the right side of the fence. If they do, they're mm-hmm. looking for midfielders at the moment. So Verona really... Really in a, in a spot of bother. Their formation at this point, their formation, they brought in some, some quality from Inter. Inter fans will be glad to see the back of Gagliardini and D'Ambrosio. <laughs> I think Monza fans will actually be pleased with the reinforcements because now they've, uh, they've been able to stay in Serie A. They, they finished mid-table. Last season, they brought in some decent names that were in and out of the Italian squad, Caprari, Pessina. Uh, plus, they brought in the likes of Izzo, uh, other experience like Caldirola. They had uh, a, a crisis of, of goalkeepers with Di Gregorio and Cranio. Look, they, they brought up their Serie B team. Trulio was magnificent. Uh, Carlos Augusto, unbelievable. Colpani and Dani Motta, outrageously good seasons for their first ever in Serie A. So what do you make of them? Well, uh, Carlos Augusto is a, is a really interesting name you put out there because He's been a linked. lot of... T- yeah, and a lot of top teams have been interested in him, but it, it seems like he's he's going to Inter. So it's it's it, it seems like uh, Monza were like, ah, if we can have D'Ambrosio and Gagliardini, then you can you can take Carlos Augusto. But that will definitely hurt them. This departure, yeah. I think. Yeah, well, he, yeah. he he's amazing on that left side. So he he was one of the key players that got them up from Serie B. He's one of the key players that kept them up in Serie A. So I guess it's his time to maybe request a move to a bigger club. Uh, they should get some good money for him. I'm not sure what figures are linked with him, but you would expect in the vicinity of upwards of 15 million. He, he's quality, the Brazilian, uh, on the yeah. left flank. And a uh, very good backup uh, if, if Inter needs someone on the left. I'm not sure, but I'm sure he could, he could adapt to either side. Uh, and he's quite good as an attacking midfielder as well. Yeah, yeah. Robin Gosens seems to be to be going to Union Berlin in in Germany, so they could use a, a new person on the left. But I'm I'm curious to see how Monza will do because I think it will be tough for them to replicate the success they had last season. But they have a very good coach, don't they? So it's definitely going to be an interesting side to look at and and to keep an eye on, I think. Yeah, Paladino's in at Monza. I should have mentioned Baroni is the new coach at uh, Verona. It was last season with with Lecce. Uh, Look, Monza, for me, where can you see them? Can you see them improving on last season? No one expected them to finish where they did. I I think it was ninth position. I'm not sure. I think it's a it's it's a tough call because like most of their transfers this window have they have been the, like permanent moves of players they they loaned with like on conditions that if they stayed up they would buy them so mo- it's mostly gonna be the same team with with a couple of those Inter boys also Cittadini from Atalanta who's I think a very talented youngster 
Um, so it's going to be interesting. I don't know if I can see them improve. I, I, I think I, I would see them go a little bit more downwards earlier than, than upwards, personally, for me. Look, I think in this kind of market, a point we need to make is some clubs that have done well last season don't need to make key moves in the summer. So if they're reinforced with some veterans like Gagliardini and D'Abrosio, well, Gagliardini's not exactly a, a veteran, but he's definitely experienced and he's been at a big club for, for six or seven seasons. So in that regard, Monza coming up, I mean, considering they were under Bello Scorni and Galliani, they, they took them up from the third division to second. They spent a couple of seasons there. They're in Serie A, finished mid-table. And Bello Scorni, the, the late uh, Silvio Bello Scorni, was saying he wanted to see his side in, in Champions League sooner or later. So obviously, there's a big shout to say that they're going to qualify for Europe. But they could build all they need to uh, they need to, to to create that scenario that Kiev or Verona did when they came up 20 years ago. All of a sudden, there were nobodies. They're up in Serie A and they need to establish themselves for three or four seasons, make uh, Europe. Kiev ended up qualifying for, for Champions League as well. So anything can is possible, especially with Juventus being an unknown quantity at this stage. They've still got Petania up forward. Okay, he's no Vlaovic. He's no, he's no Victor Osimhen. But he definitely has potential. Uh, he's in his mid-20s. Pessina is an Italian international. Pablo Mari has overcome that stabbing incident. He's been a, a rock at the back. Samuele Vignato, the younger brother of Emmanuel, who's uh, Bologna-owned, he's there. He played with the, with the under-19s as well, the Italian side that won the, the Euros in the summer. And I think they've gotten rid of a few players that they didn't need. So we've seen Gitkia move on to Venezia and other players uh, that really never had a chance to stay there. Uh, unfortunately, Cranio also ended up leaving. He just couldn't get any game time with Di Gregorio in, in stunning form last season. Mancuso has gone to Palermo, I think, as well. So Monza, unknown quantity, is, but that's the beauty of Serie A. You just never know with a team like Monza, and it's one of those teams to keep your eye on. Uh, let's go to back up the table. We'll have a, a visit to Inter Milan now that we've spoken about them already. Lazar Samarcic from uh, from Udinese that yeah he was on his way to Inter basically but um, in, apparently in the in the last moments of negotiations his his dad came in and he he kind of took over the nego- negotiations and he wanted some some different terms apparently <laughs> he and wanted now, some cash for himself it, it's a case of yeah. it's a ba- it's the nightmare horror movie version of Meet the Parents for Inter yeah <laughs> yeah but wouldn't you be fuming if your dad like he ruined your transfer to to one of the biggest clubs uh, in italy yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah and and that that's that's i don't know if that's really gonna hurt him but i'm a, i'm a big fan of of the serbian midfielder i think he's really really talented and he's made such a big step up last season like he he grew into that into that udinese side so well and i think he, he would have been a a real, really good acquisition for for Inter, but now it seems like they're gonna be stuck with Senzi if he can stay fit. He's a good player, but that's a very big if with with Senzi, isn't well, it? Well, surely with Senzi, he's the kind of player that's so unpredictably injury prone that if they just use him once every six weeks, surely that reduces the risk for Stefano Senzi to mm. get injured again. So he could be one of those bit part players that comes in, does a job in Serie A whenever they're playing in Europe, 
And, uh, you know, whenever they've got a hectic schedule competing on three fronts, maybe in February, March, what else is uh, is catching your eye up forward now? They've got a new striker. Yeah, um, I, I think a, a whole lot of interesting stuff going on. I think it's for, for them, it's also very, very good that they've managed to hold on to Lautaro, of course. Not really a lot of teams pushing for Lautaro. That's but huge. Absolutely huge. It's going to be massive. He's just a certainty. He will give you like 20 goals a season, like for sure. Which is which is awesome. Um, I've not seen a lot of Inter in preseason, but Marcus Turam he's supposedly going to to partner up with Lautaro up front, um, which will be quite interesting to see how, how that goes because uh, he he's quite a different profile from from Zeko, I think, but maybe he's a little bit more similar to Lukaku in terms of physicality. But I think. Like in general, there's gonna it's gonna be a very very different pairing to what the Inter fans are used to. So I'm very curious to see what what uh, Inzaghi will make of that. Like, how is that very gonna different. play out? Yeah, very different dynamic. We saw in the Champions League final, it was uh, on honouring goals, and he would be that extra creative defender defender kind of player at the back that could hit a long ball to the chest or the head of Jeko, and Lautaro would get the second balls. Now. We'll see if he can adopt that strategy. I'm not sure he can. And or whether the, he'll go with a different method of play. Fratesi is now in the midfield. So he should be one of the starting 11 players. Sommer has come over after a stint at Bayern Munich to replace Onana that's uh, moved on to the Premier League with United. So Inter made some money in the window, especially seeing as though they got Onana for free from Ajax. What do you think of Fratesi with the midfield? I, I really like Fratesi. I, I, I really liked him at, at uh, Sassuolo already. I think a, a move was was due. A move, he, he was he was really ready for it to be to be in the top team, I think. Um, and of course, he was really impressive in the Nations League as well for the for the national team. He did he did very well. He he benched some some big names there, and I think that might have been what 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 pulled Inter over the edge to to finally acquire him and and to like to let him slot into that midfield. But he's already used a little bit to playing with Barella, so I think he will he will slot in nicely. And I think. He's a good player. I think he's a, he works hard and he he knows where what, what he's good at, what his qualities are, and I think they're not paying too much for him. He's still young, still a lot of years to go. I th- I think this this might be the perfect midfield signing for Inter. Um, he's something different to what Mkhitaryan is as well because he's been uh, redeployed by Inzaghi to be a central midfielder that can also yeah, sometimes you see Mkhitaryan playing very deep. Yeah, but now also he's developed. Uh, he's starting to get more injured as he's getting older. So Fratesi coming in, he's a box-to-box midfielder. He can score goals. He's he's like a Daniele De Rossi, but a, a little bit better in the attacking eighteen-yard box yeah. than what De Rossi was. So a great signing, in my opinion, for Inter and a big plus for them. Uh, they've still got Aslani there that can uh, do a job. Uh, Chalhanoglu is there. And Sommer in goal, we've seen Aldero join from Sampdoria and they've sent Stankovic the other way. Stankovic, another keeper. Was he playing for Volendam last season? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's been alone there for two years and he's been really, really good. Some 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 top teams in the Netherlands were also eyeing him up. He's he's been doing very good and, and I, I it, it wouldn't have surprised me if he would have stayed as a second goalkeeper. Let's put it that way. I think he was he was that impressive for me. Yeah, he's good enough. And I, I guess the reason why they've moved him on is to make sure he gets some game time because he should start at Sampdoria. Yeah. And secondly, uh, if you're pushing for the Champions League and Sommer gets injured. I guess they wanted to go with someone that's a little bit more ready-made. Yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. And and essentially, they they kind of gave him a starting spot since they they got Adero from Sampdoria. So he, they they basically took his his rival away there. So I think in the end he will he will get that spot very quickly playing uh, under Andrea Pirlo of course which is lovely and uh, I think he will do a good job there yeah yeah as we've mentioned Gallinini, Dzeko, D'Ambrosio are moving on aging players Muletieri's off as well he's at Sassuolo and uh, Pinamonti also at Sassuolo 20 million that money's come through in this summer Onana for 50 50 million-ish, 55, depending on, mm. on the bonuses to Manchester United. I mean, the guys, the administration are into rubbing their hands at that basically free cash. Uh, plus, uh, Brozovic has moved on. Uh, look, what's your take on the Saudi Arabia situation? There's There's been a lot of hype and a lot of controversy. You're listening to the Lega Football Podcast Season Preview for Serie A for 2023-24. We'll be back with part two tomorrow. In the meantime, if you'd like to follow Lega Football or Yura. All the details are in the show notes.